Hey, just wanted to mention before we got going, there are a couple of potentially, I would say, very mildly offensive words in today's episode. I mean, I think you can say them on network television with no problem. They both start with the letter D, if that tells you anything. But different people are sensitive to different things, so I wanted to give you a little warning. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Kathy and I both uh, lost some sleep the other night because of what is called daylight saving or daylight savings time. And this is a really interesting misuse of the word. Both of us know, you know what it is correctly, don't you, Fletcher? Yeah, saving. Right. Both of us know it too. And what do both of us say? Kathy, did you have any problem last on Saturday night? With... We don't have daylight savings <laughs> <laughs> yet. Oh, that's right. Oh, you know, so thought... so Ka- Kathy's in Spain. Let's remind people of that. Yeah. So no, no, we haven't had our daylight savings yet, but... Um... Soon we will. But no, that's what both Ross and I know. We wrote about it. It was in one of our books that like, I think it was uh, that doesn't you're saying it wrong. We had it in. Yes, that it's and I think we've talked about it with you, Fletcher, that it's correctly daylight saving. And you as a newscaster know that and use it properly. Right. We as lay people do not. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so so, you know, you know, what's proper, but you both say daylight savings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. we both do. I guess because of I mean, like we said, I think we said this in the podcast before and in our book, I think people confuse it. And this is the whole theme of what we're going to talk about now. People take words that they think sound like other words. They try to make sense out of it. And daylight saving, we have savings banks. And we think that's probably why we say it. We say, although you don't really say savings banks anymore. We used You're still to. saving, and you don't say savings account. You say yeah, saving but account. But you do talk about your savings. I, I think yeah. that's, I think that's and a that's, thing. Yeah. And that's probably, yeah, that's probably why we do it. Actually, I think that, I think for me, I do it like New Year's. I think in my head, I'm doing it more like a, like a possessive, I think. Like the time is, it's a savings time. Do you know what I mean? I think I'm doing it that way. Could like be. I say new, you don't say new year. You say Valentine's. You don't say Valentine if you're, if you're truncating and I'm very slangy. Like you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you doing for Valentine's? So I think I do that the same thing it. like daylight savings. It does, it's, it's, you know, it, I'm not thinking of saving the daylight. I'm thinking of it as a noun, daylight savings. That's interesting. Yeah, you. But the whole real point, though, is you do. I, I think Kathy is correct with why she's doing it. But I think we hear things and we, we add sounds or take out sounds depending on what we expect to hear, which is gently leading us into the next <laughs> word. Okay, Kathy, you want to read two sentences with that or not? And ask Fletcher. Fletcher, there's two. Are you smarter than us? Is the question. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see. This is a word that we didn't realize we have been using wrong low these many years. I'm going to give you two sentences. He was the complainant in a divorce case. He was the complainant in a divorce case. 
Oh, I th I thought it was the former complainant. Is that wrong? It's, is it complainant? Fletcher is, is smarter than we you are. are smarter than us. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't actually know that I've ever heard complainant. Well, that's because there's no such word. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, we were both mortified the other day. We were talking about something, and we both realized that we both say complainant. And then I was I went typing it. Yeah, and I went downstairs and asked my wife, you know, I add the same sort of thing, and she said complainant too. So... Fletcher is now smarter than, I guess, three or four people in this, okay. uh, in this vicinity. Randy, having gone through a rather bitter divorce case, knew that it was complainant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, that's our answer, Kath. We have never been. However, we've, we've been to restaurants before, and there we have met famous restaurateurs or famous uh, restaurateurs. Well, Fletcher, I, I'm sure you know this. I one. mean, I, I know that it's spelled restaurateur. I assume it's pronounced that way, too. That's how I've always said it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not restaurateur. That one's pretty understandable, why people would say yes. would think it's restaurateur. That was one that actually Ross and I were really humiliated. It was an editor of ours um, on a book who was chatting with us and said, Many years so, ago. Yes, add. I remember yeah. this. He said, I'm so glad the two of you like aren't like all those like great unwashed, so to speak, that say restaurant tour. And Ross and I looked at each other and were like, Huh? <laughs> it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Gosh, yeah. those people. <laughs> Boy, did we run with that bull? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Restaurant tour, of course. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the other one. You guys know the the interesting. I didn't know this actually. The um, the origin of the word. Do you guys know this or not? Restaurateur. No, I was about to ask you. Well, it actually comes from the French uh, verb restaurer, which is basically to restore. Oh. And it was originally it, it, the reason the reason it got associated with food was because there was a restorative soup that was served in the first a bouillon, and I can start talking about that because it's coming up in a book we're writing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that until fairly recently, though. That was interesting. I thought so. Is a restaurant then a, a restaurant, a place where you get restored? Yes, and Precisely. so yes. but but that would make sense then that the restaurateur would not have the n in there because you right. you aren't a restaur right. a restauranter. You're a restorer. You're a restorer. Right. Interesting. I Isn't thought that it? was really interesting. So anyway, we have, and then actually in other cases, uh, the word trattoria, you guys know trattoria, the Italian word for restaurant. That comes from uh, a word treaters, trattur, who uh, treat people, uh, provide cooked food because they're treating them for stuff. I thought that was sort of interesting too. Yeah. That is interesting. That's also interesting because Kath and I have a famous incident with Trattatoria, who my mom yes. would say. I remember you talking about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes so. she'd really go crazy and do Trattatoria, remember? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when she was had a glass of wine, I think. You know? <laughs> and that, that got us to thinking, and before we jump into the, the main topic, how do you spell, unless I ask Fletcher this one, I didn't know this either. Paraphernalia. How do you spell it, Fletcher? Write it down. Um, P-A-R-A-P-H-E-R-N-A-L-I-A. -A -A. Oh, my God, Fletcher, you're really annoying me. You're getting yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> These were ones that we had. I always, I was trying to spell it paraphernalia, sure. not paraphernalia. Sure. Okay, let's go to the last one, then we'll move on. Fletcher, okay, the king of Egypt is called a what? Oh, in a, ancient times. A, a pharaoh? Right. Correct. Spell that. Right. Spell it. Um, 
Hold on, hold on. I got to think here. Is it P-H-A-R-A-O-H? Correct. P-H, what? P-H-A-R-A-O-H? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because people forget the, people have a tendency to flip the A and the O and make it fair. Yep. P-H-A-R-O-A-H. Yep. I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia here. There is a racehorse, the a triple crown winner called American Pharaoh. Right. How do you spell that. Uh, I, I don't know. Don't they just do it as P H A R O H? No A. Uh um. They misspell it. Yeah. It's O A H. Yes. American Pharaoh. Yeah. There's also a, a a jazz musician named Pharaoh Sanders who's spelled O A H. Yeah. Mm. So it's really confusing there. <laughs> That's like, have you guys noticed, um, whoa, I, I've always spelled it W-H-O-A. Oh, it yeah, whoa. right. <laughs> and everybody's starting to spell it W-O-A-H, like whoa Right. You know? <laughs> I don't know why it drives me absolutely bonkers. I'm just like, no, whoa, stop it. You know? <laughs> Reverse that. Put that H earlier. It's weird. Okay, now let's move on to our major topic. We're talking, basically we started talking about misspelling words, uh, using different sounds for words, etc. And now we're going to go into a bigger way, where it's mishearing entire phrases. And that those this sort of type of mishearing is called a mondegreen. We had touched on this back um, when we talked about egg corns. Yeah, a long, long time is, ago. Yeah, this is this is an offshoot, really. A mondegreen is, is, as Ross said, it's a mishearing of an entire phrase. Most typically, you hear about it in, in context of uh, song lyrics. That's where, like that, that's how they got fame. What? Yeah, let me saying? let me interject here, Kathy. It can also it's usually a phrase. It can also technically, I mean, there's like a vagary in terms of what constitutes a mondegreen, a mondegreen but can also be a word. One idea that has been laid out by linguists is that a mondegreen is some an acorn is something that kind of makes sense um, for all intensive purposes for all intents and purposes. You can kind of get the basic meaning. Mondegreens tend to change the meaning in, in ways that are unexpected or different. And one famous example they always have is the Jimi Hendrix uh, song, uh, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky. And it's been misheard as a mondegreen now as Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. Although that's not- And that changes I mean the meaning. It changes the meaning, I'm saying, but it doesn't, it's not, you said that it was illogical. It's not really illogical. You could be kissing this guy. I should have said illogical. I should have said it changes the meaning. Yeah, because right. in this case, it actually makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it is like insane. I mean, like, I mean, we will rock you, queen. You got mud on your face. Instead of a big, dis big disgrace, people think it's front disc breaks, right. which doesn't mm -hmm. really, right. you know, but although it does work, I mean, <laughs> certainly. <but laughs> well, the thing about, lyrics specifically is that sometimes they are kind of nonsense or sometimes you really have to dig to figure out what they actually mean and so having mm -hmm. you know turning them into phrases turning phrases that aren't nonsense into phrases that are nonsense is kind of understandable when it comes to music specifically i think you're right i think you're absolutely i mean what was it the um blinded by the light um you know um God, now I can't remember the lyrics. Oh, you were talking about a. You're talking about a the douche. douche, the douche yeah. versus deuce. And I mean, yeah. I didn't know what a deuce was. I mean, douche we no. used to use all the time in high school. So I mean, like that, I could understand. I mean, calling someone that, you know. Yeah, I think that I, I actually because I, I think I should say when they don't make sense, they make more sense to the hearer. Usually, in the, and I disagree. There was David Pinker, a uh, Harvard psychologist, 
was he was talking about how they don't make sense. And I, I don't I don't know why I said that, because they do make sense to you when you hear it. Uh, Kathy just said douche makes more sense than deuce in the case of that song, because we never really heard deuce that much. I mean, so therefore it does make sense and it makes sense in our own context, but it depends on other people hearing it. It may not make any sense. It's personal context in this case. So let's back up and start with the the word itself, Mondegreen. Uh, its origin is pretty fun. Can you talk about why we call these Mondegreens? Yeah, it was um, actually it didn't it didn't get a, a name until the fifties. I, I don't remember the exact year right now, and it was popularized. It was a writer who came up with it, and the San Francisco Chronicle picked it up and ran with it. Right. And it was a, a poem. Uh, a, I'll a read the poem, poem to you. She heard basically it was nineteen fifty four. And the writer uh, was uh, uh, Sylvia Wright. And she heard this poem from Percy's Relics. And it goes, Ye highlands and ye lowlands, oh, where ha ye been? They ha slayed the Earl of Moray and laid him on the green. And she heard it as, and Lady Mondegreen. Right, and that was something that maybe that she had heard uh, over and over when she was younger. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so she she took that and she's the one who coined the term then um, because yes. because yes. that's what she had misheard when she was younger. And she she noticed this phenomenon and and put that term on it. And that's what we've taken and, and used since then. It just reminded me of that famous uh, little kid one when she said as a little kid was the one where um, little kids with the Lord's Prayer think it's uh, our father art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Not knowing hallowed. That th- I've heard it a million times. People saying when they were kids, they thought it was our father art in heaven. Howard be thy name. Which <laughs> I always yeah. loved. Which makes a lot more sense to kid brain. You know? <laughs> well, actually, when we're talking about Mondegreens, Kathy had a single word Mondegreen when she was a kid. I think you do you remember Kathy or not? No, what? Kathy met a girl um, in the park and uh, we lived lived in Egypt at the time and I don't think we had that many names I guess at that point and Kathy came back and said she met this really great girl her name is Piggy P-I-G-G-Y Piggy so my mother said gently you know Kathy I'm sure it's Peggy not Piggy and Kathy said no she told me her name is Piggy and when you think about it Kathy probably never heard the name Peggy and she probably heard, like, you know, this little piggy went to market, this little piggy. So it made sense to her. And did this little girl happen to have a British accent? Ooh, I, that's a good point. I wonder. I don't remember. I just remember that her name was Piggy, and I still hold by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no question in my mind. I also had that with Pan. I remember I met a little girl that was named Pan, and I remember Mom said, I think it's Pam. I was like, no, it's Pan. I was a very, I was a very forthright child. <laughs> yeah. You, Kathy, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is interesting. And then, then going back to child, I'm not sure this is me or Kathy, but we had a, one of us had to sing in kindergarten. We had to sing a song. And it went, oat, the, the, the phrase was oats, green beans, and barley grow. It was you. Bizarre for it was May. Okay, it was suburb of New Jersey at this time. This was before we went to Egypt. And I said, I was singing the song to my mother before this great concert we were putting on. And I said, oats, bean, beams, and barley grow. And my mother said, again, it's probably green beans. And I said, no, it's bean, beams. And then she went to the, we, she went to the, uh, all of the kids singing it. We all sang bean, beams. And to that, <laughs> this is interesting with, with how Monda Greens work, I don't understand why green beans, at least we ate, but we all, tra- but we switched it to bean beams, which, and I insisted it was bean beams. And that interested me 
because like why would if mondegreens are which i do believe they try to make sense out of something that sounds odd why would we have said beam beams yet we did this is the mystery of mondegreens well it sounds i actually kind of like beam beans better it has like a more rhythm doesn't it and I'm wondering, maybe there's a euphonious element to Mondegreens as yeah. well. Maybe, you know, it's not just the sense. It also is the is the, the, the hearing sense. It makes it better. I don't know. Well, that, if I can interject, because you just said hearing, and I think that's a key um, thing we didn't mention with Mondegreens is it tends not to be like, it is a heard thing. And there have been studies, and they say when you hear something as opposed to seeing and hearing it at the same time, it's much better easier to misinterpret when when your eyes aren't seeing mouths move when you're just it's just an oral a-u-r-a-l as opposed to an oral o-r-a-l thing it's it's much easier to misinterpret and to and to fill in what you think mm-hmm. is the proper sound which is gonna bring up if i can cut in here with something that have you guys heard of the mcgurk effect no that's exciting this is the cool i will after after the show Go online and look up the McGurk effect. You can see it. It happens. This is really a cool thing. The McGurk effect is when you look at someone mouthing a word or a sound and you hear and you then change. Basically, it starts like this. For example, if you say ba, 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 and you have a picture of a person saying ba, 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 and then you speak. Oh, I'm sorry. Saying ga, ga, ga. And then you speak over that. You cut out the sound person's going ga 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 and then you oh, and the sound you do ba 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 you, so you're looking at a guy going ga 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 with the facial movements and you're listening to an o- voiceover going ba 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 what what do you think happens you hear you you see him saying ba 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 no you hear you perceive it as da 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 oh something that's Isn't not that even cool? it's something that's sort of in the middle of of those yeah and you don't and and you can be told that some people are, are immune to it i tried it just a couple uh, and i heard da 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 i did not hear ba 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 or ga 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 and it is like and you know it and you still are stuck in hearing it differently it's so weird it's what kathy was talking about you're basically fusing things to some degree and in this mm-hmm. case you're fusing it to a completely different sound Try it. You'll see it, and you're, it's, it, it's flippy. And it's not like an optical illusion where you can kind of like train your mind to go back. You you are stuck with that sound. This is beyond what we do here on the podcast, but I'm really curious about, you know, really scientific studies uh, using brain function and that sort of thing regarding all of these. Because I remember, now I can't remember what the word was, but uh, not terribly long ago, probably a couple years, there was a recording of a word going around the internet. And to some people, it sounded like one word. And to other people, it sounded like, it was sort of like the dress that looked like different colors to different people, yeah. but it was, it was a word or maybe a phrase. And now I can't remember what that was, but the, you know, I, I mean, you, you could really dig into this scientifically and I'm sure people have, and it's not something that we're necessarily going to be able to tackle right here. But there's, I think there's a lot going on with our perception and how we process sounds and make sense out of them that really plays into this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One thing that I found, which I think is very ludicrous, but I have to share it anyway, is Sigmund Freud, 
thought that Mondegreens could be the uh, oral equivalent of a Freudian slip. <laughs> this is like when Freud was getting like really going out there. So he theorized like if someone heard bald egg instead of boiled egg, it might mean he was embarrassed about the fact that his hair was uh, starting to go. go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like really stretching it. <laughs> I mean, I read. That's interesting. I think Freud's, I mean, you know, come on, like a cigar well, and go back to that. Well, I mean, I but, don't know, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think there's something to be said, though. I was reading an article that indicated that apparently in, in literally in microseconds, when we hear, let's say, a word of, I don't know, just pick a word, a candle, we, we've, oddly enough, we, we actually separate the sounds out. So we hear a cuss sound. And then with it was called linguistic cohort theory suddenly all sorts of um, ka sounds, words pop into our brain. And we're basically trying to figure out what's going to come next. Then we hear kun. So we go can, can, can. So can words come into our head. Then we hear can, dull, and then we get the final word. But up to that point, we're like, literally, it's weird how, I mean, this is a theory, but it seems that the brain is like throwing out all of these sounds and saying, hmm, what is it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? All this, all in microseconds. Isn't that really weird? Wow. I think that makes sense. Think about it though. Like a lot of times I, I, I'm one of those people who talks with that, with like my brain and my, my mouth are com directly connected. Like I don't stop. And a lot of times I'll come out with the wrong word that's close to the right word because I'm not bothering mm -hmm. to, to think properly. You know what I mean? And I, th isn't, I mean, exactly that it. seems like, yeah, because it's like, and, and then going back to the Mondegreen thing, a lot of times you're doing the same thing. You're hearing something and you're not bothering to stop and really analyze what the word is, but it sounds sort of like this and you're already thinking about that. So there, okay, I'll put that word in. Right. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I haven't, how many Mondegreens have you, I, I don't. Well, like the the you guys have heard the Taylor Swift one, all the lonely Starbucks lovers. Have I haven't because I've never I never listened to Taylor Swift, so I wouldn't. I don't I don't listen to either. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was doing research on this. <laughs> research, research. Wait, you, you two are really shooting for the youth demographic here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, a line in her thing is I, I, it's funny because they make more sense. Her her line was get a long list of ex lovers, and her it was misheard as all the lonely starbucks lovers and what really got me about that was and this is another aspect of mondegreens that kathy mentioned is that they're a lot of times they're vivid and better than the original line <laughs> i picture a lonely person in a starbucks waiting for the you know blind date or something right a long list of ex-lovers seems boring to me I don't know. I like one that I had found, which I, I never thought, but now I'm going to never not think of it. It's in Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin, as oh, we yeah. wind on down the road. <laughs> Apparently people have heard, and there's a wino down the road. Which but that's big. That's I, great. I think that's better. <laughs> I think that's better. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's going to throw out my one by Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. The, the correct line is spare him from his life from this monstrosity. And people have misheard it as saving his life from this warm sausage tea. Warm sausage warm tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are, they are, I mean, they're, they're more fun. Usually that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, there was a, yeah. I remember, you know, let's say within the last decade, Daft Punk put out another album and, and their big hit was get lucky. And there's a there's a line in it that's repeated over and over and over something about we're we're up all night to get lucky, 
and people kept mishearing it as something about Mexican Mexican Lucky. Usually, something along the lines is along the lines of "We grew up on Mexican Lucky," whatever that might mean. <laughs> I think once you have it in your head that that's it, even if you know it's the pro- even if you know finally that it's not right, I would I would see where you just keep on hearing. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that, that one, that one particularly, and why I thought of it is is because I heard it correctly the first time, and I knew what it was, and then some months later, I heard that people were mishearing it as Mexican Lucky, and now I can't not hear it as Mexican Lucky, <laughs> even though that's even true. though I heard it correctly to begin with. So there, there's a real complexity here, too, with that. That reminds me, though, of one problem. Years ago, uh, McDonald's had these talking toys, Minion toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, they spoke what's called Minionese, which is nonsense. But parents heard swear words coming out of it. Yes! Like, mm-hmm. what the blank, etc. And they kept hearing it, and it got to the point where people insisted that these nonsense words were, I'll be damned, and what the, you know, whatever. There's another problem with Mondegreens, too. There was a, a really interesting article I just popped up, The Dark Side of Mondegreens. And this is actually really an interesting point. Um, this is an Australian uh, group that's basically trying to fight the misuse of uh, apparently police can, you know, can uh, listen in on people, etc. But the problem is for transcription, they use police officers, not professional uh, linguists. And they're arguing that when you're a, a police officer, you may want to hear a crime. And when you're like surveilling people with like, you know, weird listening devices, you transcribe stuff and you're going to, you may do it wrong. And then this person may be convicted on the basis in a, in a legal situation, on the basis of a transcript. Mm-hmm. I've seen that as well. Yeah. That leads to some real problems here. And they have like a list of take cases that have been of misheard cases of uh, people being convicted on the basis of a transcript, which is basically inaccurate. Well, that we go back to then the whole thing we're, we're saying is, 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 is with Amanda Green, that really what we're hearing is based on not only the context, but our own knowledge, our own context. So you're right. A cop is going to hear, even if he doesn't, even if it's not trying to find a crime per se, they're going to be hearing crimey words, if you will. Right. Because because your brain is is you're you're expecting that it's it's part of your comprehension it's 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 uh, a familiarity I guess it's it's that's the word you're thinking again right. we go back to that yeah yeah like the, I think we we had that you and I were talking about it Kat the other day if you hear something like ISIS that mm-hmm. word just ISIS like that if we're th- if we're discussing candy we'll think Reese's. If we're talking about ecology, we might hear species out of that mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. sound, and we might hear two different things depending on the context. Yeah, well, someone I, I was reading some article somewhere, and they were saying, "Crimea River." You're thinking about Ukraine. You'll hear Crimean River right now. Oh. You know that will be on your head, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, because right. it's 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 what you're active. It's in that it's in that part of your brain that's active. I would say. You know what I right. mean? It's 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 sitting right there, ready to be tapped. And using the idea of cohort of like, you're right, those uh, those words are going to pop up as possibilities more quickly than other words will in that case, other sounds mm-hmm. will in that case. Yeah, I think so. So in that sense, Freud has a slight point. Yeah. It's like I'm I... thinking of, a, yeah, I'm bald, boiled, <laughs> I might hear this <laughs> But you actually have a very nice head of hair, Ross. I wanna, <laughs> Thank you. I want to say that to everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Well, I mean, the and, and also I think, I mean, we go back to, 
our brains want to want to be logical. We want to make we want things to make sense. We want to create order out of chaos, you know. And and mm -hmm. and I think that so if you don't understand it, you figure out a way to make it work for you. You hear mm -hmm. then you know the douche instead of the deuce because you never right. heard of a deuce. Or you hear right. like that like the the, it, the little girl thinking it was Lady Mondegreen because what is this about lying on the green thing? And we do it across we do it across languages as well. I mean. Apparently, the Spanish word, we change sounds to make them more anglicized, to make them, or in our case, anglicized, to make them sound more familiar. And we change ideas that way, too. Cucaracha becoming cockroach, riding coat in English becoming redingot in French, etc. I mean, even this individual words change some sort of thing as well. Well, actually, I could talk, we could do the Hobson Jobson. Do you know that? No, tell not? me about that. Okay, I actually... This is a little, this is a little bit tricky right now because uh, people have criticized the tone of the original idea. But this was a book printed in the late 1800s um, called uh, Hobson Jobson. And what it was was two English people in India started noticing how English, Indian or Hindi words or Tamil words, the Indian, the languages of the Indian continent had transmuted and transmogrified into English. And they called it the law of Hobson Jobson. Hobson and Jobson comes from English soldiers in particular hearing um, Muslim Indians uh, during a uh, Shia festival yelling or talking out Ya Hassan, Ya Hussein, which is what they do when they, they march down the street. Hassan Hussein were um, two uh, uh, grandsons of Muhammad and uh, who died in battle. And Ya Hobson, Ya Hussein, was trans it went into the english head as hobson jobson mm -hmm. and from there they went through a long listing of words that had kind of changed and, and gotten into english the problem with it is there's slightly a, a if you look at the book there's slightly a aren't these natives cute tone to it so oh, lot, i'm shocked hobson yeah jobson is, yeah <laughs> so it's it's sort of and then also the idea of hobson jobson in english um in a lot of indian languages two words sounding sort of similar is fine. In mm -hmm. English, it tends to be seen as sort of ridiculous, Humpty Dumpty, et cetera. Yeah, it's et cetera. like, well, it's juvenile. So, it's like a kiddie thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So people are saying, well, you know, these guys are, are kind of making fun of the Indians, even though they did actually collect words that had trans, like loot, for example, comes from, um, I think from Hindi. Pariah was really interesting because Pariah, I'm just, this is off the top of my head, so I may be wrong, is sort of pronounced as a caste in, in India, and it's not the lowest of castes or whatever, but it got into English as, you know, a pariah. You're out, out of the whole thing. Anyway, that's Hobson Jobson. But what I was going to say that actually, though, Hobson Jobson, to me, I mean, ultimately, because they're saying like the examples were given, like, you know, as you said, Cucaracha becomes cockroach and riding coat in English, but gets Frenchified into running coat. And isn't it kind of like Spanglish or, or English or, or, or but I'm saying like what we see across the board in in other foreign tongues whichever you're in like you're in mm -hmm. spanish oh, yeah. you're taking english i mean it's it's i mean so the pejorative aspect of it really i understand in context of the book itself but the concept itself is so widespread i mean it happens in every language and every culture oh it does completely i've heard that with yeah i've heard that with english speakers speaking various foreign languages and, and, and mangling the language or changing it and i've heard the bias the opposite too 
but I'm not saying even mangling the language. I'm saying like wherein a word that is is one in one language gets gets I don't know the word I'm looking for gets like normalized within the new language. You take yeah, I didn't the original mean word and yeah. Yeah, I mean I meant like changing it somewhat. Usually the pronunciation changes a bit, and the uh, meaning may even change a bit too. Yeah, I think mm. you're right. Mm-hmm. Which to me isn't really a mondegreen. It's a I mean it's, it's a phonological change, but it's not a miss. It's not a misinterpreting. It's a, it's it's an altering and, and bringing into. It's all. It's like you're taking a foreign loan word and, and 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 making it more yours. Yeah, you can't really argue in language about appropriation, cultural appropriation, because languages always take everything from everyone. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so, that's the one nice thing about language. You can't steal language. You just you just do it. Oh, well, that's what we were talking before about. Um, you know, you were saying Ross uh, intents and purposes and stuff, and um, spitting image. Is, is actually a mon to green. Mm-hmm. You know how we've talked about that before, that it's technically it began as spit and image. And now now it's everybody heard spitting image because you don't think of spit and image. And now that's that's now that's the correct way, if you will. So in that sense, a mon to green became the norm. There's a but I just found a list of, of things that were mondegre- were once mondegreens that aren't like an apron was was a Napron, mm. and now we say an apron. Is it wasn't orange? Wasn't orange that. the same way? Yes. Orange is sort of weird though. Orange gets me though because in, they have like or, naranje being uh, it used to be uh, naranje, which is uh, Persian mm-hmm. for bitter orange, and then you took off the n and it became orange. But in Arabic, because everyone always goes on those etymology things, it's the Arabic word for orange, but it isn't. The Arabic word for orange is portugal. Which is Portugal, because they got them from Portuguese. <laughs> and naranj is uh, like for bitter orange, which is apparently some kind of different kind of orange. Oh, and Spanish though it's naranja. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But they always go huh. it's Arabic, and it's like, well, not in, not the Arabic <laughs> I learned. <laughs> the one that gets me is Welsh rabbit, Welsh rarebit, because I always thought rabbit was wrong and rarebit was right, and I didn't know it was initially Welsh rabbit. And it yeah. became rare bit. Like we tried to again, we make trying to make it sound more logical. It can't be rabbit; it's cheese, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but apparently, it was done as a, as a snotty joke about the Welsh, who couldn't afford their <laughs> they couldn't afford rabbit, so they had to eat cheese. But like, well, that's their kind of thing or whatever. That's what apparently yeah. the origin is. Maybe we don't really know. My favorite one is nickname, though. That one I really got because it used to be Ica name. And Ica in Old English means to increase. So it's an increase of a name. But a nickname isn't an increase. It's a cut. Usually a nickname is a cut down of a name, isn't it? Kath, talk to, talk to the Old English. Okay? <laughs> I'll try. They yeah. never answer. They don't call. They don't email. <laughs> This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. 
And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.